New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. hanging out behind the banner here. <clears throat> good evening. Welcome to the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. It's five o'clock on the Mountain Time Zone, and that means we get a chance to go over the good news stories that have made their way across my desk this week, and I thought you would uh, appreciate hearing about and learning more about as well. Hey, where there it goes. Having a little bit of troubles in the studio here this evening with our buttons, so uh Apologies if uh, that happens to you. Good evening, Wayne. Good to see you, Space Cowboy. Definitely, definitely. And Shay, good to see you, dear one. Thanks for being with us. Glad you're here. Anyone else that's watching, please feel free to share, chime along, chat along, share, subscribe, like, do all the things you need to do to let the world and the universe know that you appreciate and that you like what we're doing here. Because I tell you, this is one of my favorite programs of the week. Uh, it always kicks my weekend into high gear and gets me moving into the weekend with uh, uh, that reminder <clears throat> that we really are creating a world that works better for everyone. And, you know, one of the ways we do that around here, this program, those that watch, you know that we like to... Uh, we like to focus on stories that are doing good on the planet, people that are doing good on the planet. And when I think about the planet, I think about the oceans. And when I think about the oceans, I think about plastic. And uh, we've talked quite a bit about Buoyant Slat and his company here on the good news. Uh, however, tonight I want to highlight a, one of his uh, collaborators, let's say. Uh, we don't talk quite as much about the company for ocean. Now they were started back in 2017 and one of their uh, co-founders co and the current CEO, Alex Schulze, uh, was recently quoted as saying for ocean is incredibly proud to accomplish this record setting feat. What did they do? They collected 30 million pounds of plastic in the last eight years. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little, uh, little over seven million pounds of plastic a year. This is important work. Alex also said, "Quote: We've built an entire business <clears throat> for the sole purpose of cleaning the ocean. 
with hundreds of local captains and crew members recovering trash from our oceans and coastlines seven days a week and the support of millions of people doing their part to prevent plastic pollution I'm sure our work will have a lasting impact on the ocean. Now, for Ocean, what they do, and you can find them on their website, they're a public benefit B Corp based out of Boca Raton, Florida, and they sell bracelets made from the plastic waste. So the plastic waste is turned into a fiber, um, you know, much like a, a, a fiber cloth or uh, <clears throat> excuse me, fiber floss, and then they braid those into bracelets. People are doing this work all over the world. Guatemala and Bali are the primary places where the uh, the bracelet creators live. And uh, they're employing boat captains and crew from around the planet. Good work. Good work for, for Ocean. And Alex, thank you so much. It's important. You know, folks. As it says in that article, <clears throat> we all have to take a key, a piece of the uh, a responsibility to eliminate as much plastic pollution and waste as we possibly can before it gets into the ocean. Uh, and it's nice to know there's folks there that are doing the work to get it back out of the ocean for those that don't pay attention to what they're doing. All right, on to our next story tonight. I found this one really, really interesting. Uh, what you're looking at is an air purification tower. Uh, it's called the Verto Tower. The company's called Studio Symbiosis, and it is all the brainchild of Amit and Britta Noble, uh, Noble Gupta. They are uh, UK residents that retired to New Delhi, but realized the air pollution in New Delhi was it was really thick, <laughs> and uh, so they offered and set about to make this. Now, what happens is. Uh, the, the curved design forces air through multiple openings where inside that tower are a stack of air filtration cubes. The unit can clean up to 600,000 cubic meters of air per day. That's the equivalent to about 273 hot air balloons. Pretty amazing. Uh, now, Amit and Britta imagine that the tower can be mass produced. Uh, we, and uh, could be placed in any city park, in polluted cities. Uh, the whole thing can be flat packed and manufactured, uh, and ma the manufacturing is subdivided. Uh, the cleaning power of each tower could be as much as 200 to 500 meters of air in enclosed spaces, and between 100 to 350 meters of air in outdoor spaces, all that's due to variations in wind direction and other factors. Uh, this one here is in the New Delhi Sun Sunder, uh, excuse me, nursery, and uh, this was the prototype. So now that they've got some proof, uh, they can move forward. The, the filters are being made by a German firm. Uh, they need to be changed about every six months or so. Now, Studio Symbiosis believes that 100 of the towers could clean the whole of central New Delhi, However, they have heard from companies in the U.S. that want to use the tower to filter air in construction sites. Uh, they've also heard from potential buyers in France, New Zealand, and Uzbekistan. All interested in how to do a better job cleaning the air around us. Good work, folks. Hey, I want to remind you, <clears throat> we get most of our stories over at thegoodnewsnetwork.org. They do a great job of curating stories, and we get a lot of our stories over there on their website. Check them out. Give them the love and the attention they deserve. Good, 
goodnewsnetwork.org. That's goodnewsnetwork.org. And if you know of a good news story that you think we should be discussing, by all means, send us an email, goodnews at ntmedia.org. Let us know what good news you're seeing in the world. We may just be able to cover that story. Or if you'd like to come on air and share a story some night, we make that happen as well. All right, back into it. Now, we've reported previously about initiatives in the United Kingdom to uh, create bee havens and to create um, bee habitats within their buildings. Well, they're doing it again, and this time they're doing it with swift bricks. That's right. Over 30,000 swift bricks um, have been sold in the country, and more than 10,000 homes have been built with swift bricks to incorporate uh, the swift brick into their design. Now, the swift is a type of animal, is a type of bird, very unique bird, uh, can travel all the way from, uh, from Antarctica to the UK and back, uh, and they just need little crevices to nest in. And what's happened is over the years, British construction and reverberations in Britain have uh, covered over those old small holes that would happen in the walls. Now companies are making bricks uh, with a hole in the middle. So the birds can just get in there and nest. Uh, one doesn't need to put more than all you need is about three or four on a wall to transform a housing project into swift friendly estates. Uh, the great advantage of swift bricks, says Guy Anderson and boxes, is that they can work just as well in inner city areas with very little green space as anywhere else. Swifts can travel pretty long distances to find their insects and food, but all they really need is a nesting site. Pretty cool stuff. Creating habitat for our swift, for our swift friends. Cute little swift friends. All right. Hey, here's another great nature story. A lot of nature stories this week, folks. All kinds of fun stuff happening in the world of nature and the intersection between nature and humanity. And this one comes to us out of China. Now, you've heard us on this show before report about big trees, tall trees, long, really tall trees. And currently, the largest known tree on the planet is right here in North America. It's on the California coast. Uh, and uh, where's my name here? Now, I know I had this tree's name in my... Uh, da -da 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 -da. There it is. 381 feet. Uh, it's, its name is Hiberian. It's a coastal redwood uh, that reaches up to 381 feet. Well, researchers in China have identified a cypress that's topping out at over 335 feet, which beats the other tall tree in Asia at 330 feet. Researchers are using LIDAR to uh, LIDAR drones to survey areas. And this tree was found in uh, what Tibet, in an area of Tibet called the Grand Canyon. It's the steepest canyon on land, uh, sorry, the deepest canyon found on planet Earth, measuring up to 19,700 feet deep in some places. And a grove of over 20 trees were found, uh, many in the uh, topping out around 295, a whole 
bunch more topping out around 278. So a whole cluster of really old and really tall trees have now been identified and found in China. This is good news. Large trees are very important uh, for their long-term record of humanity's existence, of, of planet's existence, of nature's uh, longevity, as well as providing lots of microhabitats and such. Head on over to the website, goodnewsnetwork.org, and you can see a picture of all 335 feet of this why uh himalayan cypress is what it is a himalayan cypress it's a beautiful tree all right hey we're going to take a quick break let a couple of our sponsors say hello and allow me to take a little drink of water because i obviously have a frog in my throat this evening but uh we're going to come back with more good news stories so don't go away stay with us we're going to be back real soon right after these messages Hey everybody, my name is Ricky Byers, and what I want you to know is that on the weekend of July 14th, that's July 14th, 15th, and 16th, I'm going to be blowing up Salt Lake City. <laughs> this is my debut there. I've never been there before. So Reverend Cindy, look out. We're going to burn it up, baby. God bless. Peace. with more of the good news here on a Friday evening on the New Thought Media Network. Thanks for joining us, folks. Please do hit that like, share, and subscribe buttons. Let your friends and family know what we're doing and share the good news with them as well. All right, right back into it today. Uh, This is a great story that I found. Over the past five years, the Royal Botanical Garden in Edinburgh has been working to restore the oak woodlands around Loch Lomond and Trossachs uh, National Park, trying to restore those to their natural state of a temperate rainforest, much like the ones that are so plentiful in Washington's state's Olympic Peninsula. Now, what's happened there is they got found, they got hit with an invasive species, the rhododendron. 
And what happens is the rhododendron comes in, acidifies the soil, shaded out other delicate ephrites and bryophytes. These are two species that are always present in rainforest. These are plants that grow on other plants. And uh, these are things like the horsehair lichen and other plants. It's all part of their effort to reintroduce and, and refurbish these temperate rainforests. Now, one of the things that happen, however, is when you get rid of all the rhododendrons, then you're left with the trees. However, what's missing is the ability for those trees to grow and for lichen and other things to, uh, to grow off of those trees. Uh, so it's very hard to recolonize some of these species. Now, what they did, however, is they realized they were able to hang netting off of the trees, and that gave the juvenile hornworts, liverworts, and lichen a scaffolding to work with and get started again. The hope is to encourage massive and dense propagation to give the forest and trishots uh, the tangled emerald mess that make them so majestic and fantastical looking. This is an important project, folks. In my opinion, uh, we have to start and continue because we've already started it. We have to continue to find ways to, re to reinvigorate, to renew the natural wonderland that is planet Earth. Humanity has done great harm and it is now our great calling to support the environmental uh, restructuring, if you will. And that's exactly what our next story is all about. Jeanth uh, Millen Roach was an IT uh, was in the IT profession and got de got depressed in that job and decided he wanted to move forward, starting to green city parks, growing for food forests, and saving trees that are destined to be chopped down. Uh, he missed, he was energized by the tree planting that took on the task of greening an infamous landfill, uh, where the stench was so bad, it was driving people from their homes. Now he said that every year around the time of, uh, we would see some, uh, they would see, uh, in his, uh, area of India there, they would see some headlines around climate change, change panels, and the news would talk about what they could do. Uh, but very few people were actually doing anything. And so he decided it was time to start acting locally. You've heard us say that. Think globally, act locally. Uh, and he said, quote, I simply started to get out of my depression. And to date, I haven't stopped. The 48-year-old, um, I plant trees everywhere. If you ask me the strangest place, I would say the cemetery. I visit cemeteries of all religions and have planted trees in over 23 of them. I planted 12,000 trees in Mangalora every year. He founded the Mangalora Green Brigade in 2020, uh, and he lives in the city of Mangalora in the Indian state of Kanakara. Uh, I, uh, Taka, excuse me, I think I'm saying that <laughs> improperly. Uh, so far, he planted, uh, he's also planted over 3,000 saplings of teakwood, rosewood, banyan, fig, and peepal trees, more famously known as the Bodhi tree. Uh, he's had some help. His sons and friends have been enlisted, and they're all part of the organization now. Uh, he uh, also really focuses on creating forests of uh, fruit trees, and uh, that's feeds other species as well as humans as well. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jeet. We appreciate what you're doing out there to make the world a better place as well. Hey, folks, some of our, our stories we also get over at SunnySkies.com, and we encourage you to give them a visit as well. Sunny Skies, Sunny Skies has a great collection of good news stories. And uh, this next story is something that we got over there uh, with them as well. Uh, this is the Iberian Peninsula in Spain, uh, or excuse me, in Portugal. Uh, and this year, they beat a nine-year record. In March of this year, they generated 103% of their monthly energy consumption through renewable sources. This is a big deal. The country believes its electrical needs will be satisfied by 2040 only through uh, renewable sources. And, you know, the whole world's on a kick to get more renewable sources into our, our energy consumption. Uh, it's, it's part of the global climate change initiatives to help uh, combat uh, global climate change. So in March, they generate 103% of total consumption. The same month last year generated six per, only 6% because of the drought. Uh, now, Spain is on the way to becoming the first of Europe's five, big five economies to generate more than 50% of its electricity from renewable in sources. And those numbers continue into Germany as well. Germany uh, last year was at 52.3, or I'm sorry, in the first six months of 2023, they've been at 52.3% in the first six months. So half of their energy needs being met by renewable energy. Good work happening in Europe. We're going to keep you updated and keep reporting on these stories as well as more here on the New Thought Media Network as we continue. However, we do need to sit, let our sponsors say hello again and give just a little bit more of a shout out to some of the things happening here around the network. So please stay tuned, stay with us. We'll be back with our human interest pieces in the third segment coming up in just a moment. Stay tuned.
And we're back with more good news here on the New Thought Media Network. I'm Rev. Robert. Thanks for being with us here this evening. So grateful that you're a part of what we're doing here. And, you know, for those that follow the program, we like to do uh, those human interest stories in the third segment, those stories of people helping people, people standing up with people. And uh, and peop- and uh, I'm reminded of a friend's organization, Up With People. So uh, I want to introduce you to Jason Mosier. He's in the orange shirt there. And his new friend, Hayden, the way the story plays out, Jason was on his way home from work and stopped at a uh, fast food restaurant, did a McDonald's run. And uh, what happened is the, the machine declined his card. So he ordered about $8 worth of food and the card just was declined. They tried it again. The card was declined. Uh, before Jace knew what was happening, young Hayden pulled out his own debit card, swiped it and said, I got you. Don't worry about it. Now, Jason didn't want to let that happen, said, no, 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 just void the order. And Hayden said, sorry, I already read it. Got to take it now. Uh, and uh, Jason reached into his wallet, did find $4 in cash, handed it to the young man and said, I will be back. I promise. Uh, well, young Hayden had the last laugh. When Jason opened up his bag of food at home, he found not only a handwritten note that said, uh, God bless, but also found his $4 in the bag as well. Uh, And as you can tell by the photo, Jason wasn't going to let that happen. He grabbed some cash, went back to the store, grabbed a picture with his new friend, gave him some money, gave him more than the eight bucks to take care of it. Uh, and posted it all on Facebook to celebrate what was going on. You know, this is one of those stories, folks. I just love how how wonderful people are to each other. All right, next up, I want to introduce you to Claire. Claire is 36, and uh, in August of 2020, she adopted a young Jack Russell Chihuahua mix named Holly. So that's Claire on the left and Holly on the right. And uh, what happened is it got to a point where Holly would not leave Claire alone and was scraping at her, was whining, crying, and pawing at her left breast. In uh, November, Claire got to the hospital and was diagnosed with breast cancer. Doctors do say that as she was in her 30s and was not uh, actively looking for cancer in her body, uh, she, uh, it could have gone unnoticed and w- could have been fatal if not for our Chihuahua, Russell, Jack Russell Chihuahua mix named Holly. Uh, she saved it. She saved Claire's life. Good packages, good stories coming in all kinds of ways here tonight at the New Thought Media Network. And, you know, I found this one, this one, it just felt like, wow, yeah. I know this guy and I get this guy. I want to introduce you to Nathan Montanez. Now, Nathan works in supply chain uh, logistics and his wife and children were on there. We're going to leave for a Disney World trip for a trip to Disney World in Florida. However, he couldn't go as he had to work. Well, as would have it about 15 minutes before the flight, United Airlines canceled their flight to Florida and uh, the earliest they could book another flight was two days away. Uh, Jill was trying to break the bad news to her children that they weren't going to get to 
to Disney World this trip, and sometimes that happens. Uh, when Nathan came back to the airport to pick up his family, he said, are you ready? Let's get on the road. And turned on, the, turned on his tape deck and started playing on the road again. They didn't quite know what was going on, but Nathan started driving south and drove all the way to Florida, 17 hours straight. So they wouldn't miss a day in Magic Kingdom. Uh, they pulled into the hotel they had booked at around midnight. And uh, Jason got a few hours sleep, turned around, drove back up to New Jersey and only missed one day of work. Totally sounds like something I would do just for the heck of it. Uh, Jill is saying this dad is our rock. Not many people in this world would do that. And the kids absolutely appreciate what he did for him. They haven't stopped talking about him. She wrote in an email that that she is in a wife to one amazing dad. Thank you, Nathan. That is good work. And that is one of those good stories. And that leads us to our last story of the night, folks. Yep, it's time for our Hero of the Week. There we are. This week's Hero of the Week is Ohio resident Molly Jones, uh, and her hero is Christy Hadfield. So that's Molly on the left there. Um, what happened is uh, Molly's going through some uh, kidney disease concerns. It's something that runs in her family. And she put out a Facebook post that said, asked if anyone would consider donating a kidney to help. Well, one of her Facebook friends, a woman she had never met, Christy Hatfield, said, uh, reached out and said, how do I figure out if I'm a match? Well, in rural, in rural West Virginia, Molly's father, John Cunningham, who's a former Marine, a uh, number of years ago, checked himself into an ambulance authority and was Hadfield, our friend Christy, was the paramedic on duty. John didn't feel like everything was just right, and Christy decided he needed to get to the hospital. On the way, John went into cardiac arrest, and Christy Hadfield restarted his heart with chest compressions. It was during the kidney experience that Christy and Molly found out of their connection and that Christy had saved Molly's dad, saved his life. And now here she was, and you know where this story's going. Yep, Christy ends up being a great match for the kidney transplant and was able to offer a portion of her kidney to save Molly's life. Christy Hadfield, you are our hero of the week. Thank you. What an inspiring story. Folks, this is the New Thought Media Network. We do this every Friday night, 5 p.m. Mountain Time. But I do invite you to stay tuned at 6 o'clock for the Fireside Chat with Reverend Pastor Michael Mangus. That starts to round out our Friday evening programming. And then it's our prayer time at 8.30. So stay tuned. Grab, grab a beverage. Grab a bite to eat. Come on back in a half an hour and join us for the Fireside Chat with Reverend Michael. I'm Rev. Robert. I'm out of here for now. Until next time. I want to wish you a great weekend and a peace and happy filled day. Until next time. Bye now.